Thank you, Debbie and Coy and Scott and even Randy. Good job. Randy, we did all feel for you last week, buddy, because I think most of us have been there. It is no fun. But boy, it sure does raise your spirits to get back home. It's kind of like our relationship with the Lord. We know sometimes we mess up. Sometimes, sometimes we fall away. Sometimes we're not as consistent as, or committed as we know we ought to be. But when you come back home and you barely get his spirit in you, boy, it feels so, so good. And there's just no doubt about that. Can I get an amen? amen. I know you guys agree with me on that. So, hey, check this out. Cubs fans are loyal. And I've told many of y'all this story, but when almost four years ago now, when uh, we came here for an interview with the, uh, the pulpit committee, um, they asked something about me. And I said, I'm a Cubs fan. I forget exactly how this goes. I'm sure this isn't verbatim, so we might, you know, anyways. I said, I'm a Cubs fan. And Joey Miner was like, all right, cool, you're the guy. A few others. And they said, what does that mean? It means I'm loyal. It means I'm loyal. And if you're a Cubs fan, you understand that. Now, if you don't know sports at all, let me tell you, the Cubs have not done what we are celebrating in 71 years. They haven't won the whole thing in 108 years. That takes loyalty to stick with a team that's just not doing, and it's not like they were close. There was a very few times that they were even close. Perpetual losers, perpetual failing, but yet we still love our team. That's only after however many years you've been alive or whatever. And think about it, I'm using sports children as an illustration. Stay with me here. How about God with you? See, the fact is, God's just as loyal, more loyal to you. He's so loyal that he sent his son. He's so loyal that he sent his spirits. And even though we fail all the time, guess what God's still doing? He's still cheering us on. And he's still empowering us. And today we're going to talk about God empowering us by his spirit. That spirit that we are so, so blessed to have. Sometimes we know that with God's spirit, we're going to choose the right way to go. Sometimes our human spirit, our human nature, our sinful nature kind of gets in the way a little bit. And we find ourselves torn between doing what is right and doing what is wrong. And if you've just sat there and you've just said to yourself, Brother Mikey, I've never had this problem. Come on. Come on. We've all had times when we, we maybe the line's not as simple as it seems. It's not as black and white as it seems. We've all had those times when that difference between right and wrong, that line can get a little fuzzy. How is that happening? Because of decisions that we make, because of choices that we make, or because we justify. We justify. More on that in a, in a second. First, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. We're going to be mostly in Galatians 5 today. In fact, we're all in Galatians 5. If you want to turn your Bibles over, it says, The sinful nature wants you to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires 
that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. That's right. Sometimes you may have good intentions. You know the good you ought to do, but you don't do it. Why? Because you let yourself get in the way. That line that becomes fuzzy because we justify it. And maybe you're saying, how are we going to justify the difference when it's right, when it's wrong? Probably you already know what I'm talking about, though, from your own experience, from your own lives. But here's some examples. Have you ever said these words? I'm just going to go ahead and do that, even though I know it's wrong. Because who will know? Who will know besides me? Or what about this? I'm not hurting anyone but myself. So who cares? I can go and I can do whatever I want to do. Put things in my body that could hurt it, the temple. Make decisions that, that I know are wrong. But who will know? I'm not hurting anyone but me. Our sinful nature, see, it pushes us to do these things. For me, I want to do what I think. I want to do what I want, what I need, what I deserve. We justify our sinful nature by saying, I deserve this, or I deserve that. When in all actuality, we really don't. However, our godly side, the spirit of the living God, that we want to fall fresh on us, that we want to be inside of us, it encourages us. So we have to seek His will. And when we seek His will, He will continue to empower us to do what? To live righteously by His Spirit. So let's look today at the difference between life with the sinful nature and life with God's Spirit. First, life with the sinful nature. Now, first of all, make no mistakes, this has consequences. When we live a life that is based on what we want and what we want alone, it has consequences. We find ourselves tied. We find ourselves not just battling with the good and the bad, but we find ourselves with eternal consequences, not just earthly ones. We find ourselves, again, being separated by God, from God. Well, what about this sinful nature? Paul, he's going to encourage the Galatian church. He's going to really tell them about the good things that they need to have, about the fruits of the Spirit. But he's also going to tell them, here's some of the things that you've got to stay away from because this is what your sinful nature will lead you to. Now, I'm going to say this a couple times, but this is not an all-inclusive list. But let's look at chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. It says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. Now look, they're not talking about celebrating if your team wins. It's talking about what you do when you celebrate. It's not talking about that you aren't allowed to be mad. It's what you do with those outbursts of anger are bad. It's not bad to get mad, but outbursts of anger, yes. That's what sinful nature is going to lead to. And other sins like these, let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life is going to what? 
not inherit the kingdom of God. Not inherit, the, that's scary. That's not anyone living this kind of life may be in danger. It says, plain and simple, will not. We got to stay away from these things. But again, I'll say it. This is not, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> this is not an all-inclusive list. Maybe your sin is not on that list that we just read. Man, I hope it's not. Maybe something that you struggle with is not on that list. I hope that you don't have struggles with any of these. But you may. But it's not all-inclusive. Whatever it is that you struggle with, whatever sin that really can get to you sometimes, let me tell you, it's the same. It's going to be anything that separates you from God. Anything, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, anything that separates you from God and his will. You know yours. You know what it is. What's your sinful nature? It's your human nature. It's who you are. But now, here's the thing about it, guys. I hope that none of you just said, I don't deal with any of those things that Paul just mentioned, and I don't, I don't struggle with anything else. Man, you better take this seriously. Don't underestimate sin and what it can do to your life. Don't ever be so arrogant to say, I don't have any of these problems ever. Because that's when sin will be knocking at your door, ready to pounce, ready to jump on you, ready to take charge. And keep this in mind, Romans 3.23. I knew there was something besides Galatians. Everyone has sinned. Everyone. We all fall short. We can't meet God's glorious standard. And how do I know this? Because God loved us so much that even though we couldn't keep up with the standard that he had given us, he sent his son who could. Who could. Everyone has sinned. That's why we need Jesus. That doesn't give us an excuse to continue sinning. Make no mistake about that. We've got to strive every day to be more Christ-like, to be more like him. But now let's think about those sins that separate us, that we know that everyone has. And how we're not going to underestimate that. Big or small, sin is sin. If you've just ranked your sin, okay, I have some sin in my life, but it wasn't on Paul's list, so it's not near as bad. Let me tell you what that sin still does to you. It separates you. Anything that is against God's will, it separates you from doing God's will. It keeps you from doing what the Spirit is encouraging you to do, is, is trying to push you to do, is motivating you to do. That sin is separating you from doing what's right. Now you might say, but wait, isn't there a difference between sin, big and small? No, they all separate. Now some might have longer effects for you for your family. Maybe the ones that are mentioned by Paul, sexual immorality, infidelity, murder. Some of those things is going to affect you forever and going to be harder to get over and might have a bigger impact on your life. But it still separates you from God just as much as any other sin. Sin is sin. Now some might be harder to break away from. Some might be easier for you to repent of. But big or small, sin is sin. And you know what the sin, the worst of it, number one worst thing, of course, is being separated from God and his will. The second worst thing, here's a list. 
sinful life is conflict. It's no peace. It's painful. That's what sinful life's going to get you. Why, you might be saying, why is it painful? Because sinful life, it seems so great. It seems so enjoyable. Because we're going to carry that burden, that shame, that guilt. Folks, I got good news for you. We have an advocate in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen? He's going to help us defeat that sin. He's going to help us repent of it, to put it aside, to get it out of our lives, to cut it off and throw it away. He's going to heal wounds. He's going to empower us to do that. He's going to help us to develop joy, to realize the blessings that we have in our lives, to put the past behind us. He is empowering you to do that. He's empowering you to do that today. So now let's talk about what it means to have those blessings, that reason to rejoice. First, I want to look at a quote from D.L. Moody. I shared this a couple Sunday nights ago as well. D.L. Moody, who was a president of a Bible college in Chicago many, many years ago, was asked, why do you ask to be why why do you ask us to be filled constantly with the Holy Spirit? Why? Now think about that. He, someone's asking this guy who was well known, Christian scholar, why are you asking us to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit? And he said this. Well, I know I need a continually a continual infilling because I leak. Because I leak. And what was going to cause that leak? What would it be that's going to cause us to leak the, the, the spirit that we know that we have to have in our lives? God's spirit, that fruit of the spirit. It's our sinful nature. So we put it aside and we seek God continually, wanting to be filled. Continually, wanting to have that fruit apparent in our life every single day. And to understand his blessings. Let's look at them. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. You know these verses. You know them. Here's the verse. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Following God, seeking Him always. That is a blessing. That is godly living. And these are the blessings that we're going to have from godly living, from following Him. Folks, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a life full of pain, full of regret, full of conflict, full of no peace. I want to have a life filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and I sure better be self-controlled in that process. That's what God gives us, and that definitely deserves an amen. Are you with me this morning? Because this is good stuff. This is how we got to live our lives. And if we live our lives this way, folks, I got good news, more, more good news for you. First of all, God's going to be with you. Second of all, people are going to want to know why. Why do you have these things in your life? And you should have one answer. Because I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So what are we going to do then? We want to reap these rewards. These things are all great. We want to we reap them in our lives. But unfortunately, we have baggage. We've all got that baggage in our lives, that stuff that we just can't put behind us, that stuff that we need to get out of our heads, that stuff that we can't forgive ourselves for, that we can't forgive someone else for. What can we do about it? We're going to get right with God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to leave that past behind. We're going to leave the sin behind as well. Don't let it keep creeping back up on you. And we are going to have a daily walk with him. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 25. 
This whole chapter is good. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the sins, the desires of the flesh. And 25 says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's 16 again. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So there's three things that we're going to do right there by the Spirit. We're going to walk by the Spirit. We're going to live by the Spirit. And we are going to keep in step with the Spirit. That's our daily walk right there. We got to live right. We got to follow God and get right with Him every single day. We've got to walk by His way, follow that path of righteousness. And we got to keep in step with Him, like marching to His beat, not ours. We're not, look, we're not going to talk about marching to the beat of a different drummer when it comes about our faith. When it comes about our faith, the beat that we have is right here, spelled out for us in the scripture that he also empowers us with, like we talked about last week. Our daily walk, it's got a steady tempo. And that steady tempo is led by Christ Jesus, and the drummer is the Holy Spirit. And folks, we got to stay in step. So therefore, we have to strive to be just like Jesus. Wow. Now think about that for a second, because that's a tough task. Because our Lord, he is perfect. In every way, he was perfect. But yet, we have to strive for that. We got to reach that goal. We got to try our best to be like him in actions and in attitude. By caring for each other. and By forgiving. Folks, let's keep in step with God. Let's keep in step with his spirit. C.S. Lewis, another author, Christian scholar, has another quote I want to share right now. It says, he said, a car is made to run on gasoline. It wouldn't run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. I especially like this last part. He said, there is no other. There is no other other than the Spirit of God by, by who we should live by, walk by, and keep in step with. So what are we going to do? We're going to let him lead us. If you got room there, put led by the Spirit as well. We're going to let him lead us, and when we do that, good things are going to come from it. Number one, if we let God lead us and we let his Spirit lead us, we're going to see that God will be our number one priority. Now, that would be right, right there. Ask yourself, am I being led by the Spirit? Is God my number one priority? Because that's the first thing that's going to come. We're also going to see when we're led by His Spirit that we're going to be empowered to keep the past behind us and not return to sin-led life. Not return to life with that sinful nature as our priority. And when we are led by His Spirit, another good thing is that we are going to have forgiveness and we are going to be forgiving. It's tough sometimes, but that's what the Spirit of God will do for you, and that's what He is empowering you with. So folks, in conclusion today, we're going to seek freedom. That's what we need to do, and that's what the living by the Spirit of God is going to do for us. It's going to help us to seek that freedom daily. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free, Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Let's sin no more. 
And when we do, when we do, what are we going to do about it? Well, see, folks, it's unfortunate, but people don't always forgive. Especially non-Christians don't always forgive, but also Christians don't always forgive the way that we should. But God does. So if we fall short, what are we going to do? First of all, if you don't have Jesus in your life, I'm asking you today to accept him and to come down this aisle and to go be baptized. Because that's one thing that we know we need to do. Maybe you've already gone through that step. If you have, what do we need to do? Repent. Whatever that sinful nature is, repent. Cut it off. Throw it away. If it's something that is causing you to have sinful nature, like we talked about last week, cut it off. Throw it away. Get rid of it. If you can't watch a sports game, if you couldn't watch the Cubs last night, boy, it was awesome. I'm telling you right now, I had joy in my heart. But if you can't watch that game without having a foul mouth, guess what I'm going to encourage you to do? Don't watch that game. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Whatever is causing you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. Repent. What else? Ask him. Because we're going to fall short. Repent and ask the Lord to once again forgive you. And the good news is, he already has. So what is Christ going to do for us? Forgive us. We steal from each other. We steal from ourselves by refusing to forgive, by not forgiving. We burden ourselves when we allow our sinful nature to lead us in, lives, in our lives. But folks, once again, good news today is he empowers us to live free. Let's live free today. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us your spirit that empowers us daily. Lord, help us to have that a continual filling of, of your spirit that we know that comes through the fruit of the spirit. Lord, help us to put our sinful past behind us. Help us not to let it creep up on us and to not control our lives. And Lord, when we fall short, help us to always seek you and your, your forgiveness. And we know, Lord, that you will give us a way to put that sin behind us, to cut it off and throw it, throw it away. Help us to see that clearly and to make you our priority. Lord, I thank you so very much for this congregation. Help us to continue to grow in you and your spirit. And in Christ Jesus' name we now pray. Amen.